Hi guys, me again. I hope you enjoyed my previous two episodes. On the final part of our interview, we have some questions from the production crew. Zach also talks about the importance of education and conservation for our, in our society. Finally, Zach will bring out a fantastic animal. So while you listen to this episode, I have a short video of Zach and myself on my Instagram page. Make sure you t- check it out. Um, so there's been a few animals that have actually, we've seen, uh, glow under UV light, so the, the blue lights. Um, not many of the snakes do. Uh, in fact, there's one snake that really does it well, and it's the, the death adder. His little tail, or his, his lure, that he uses to attract, uh, animals. Uh, that'll glow under UV light, but other than that, most of the reptiles don't. Uh, your platypus does, and that, that's a really cool animal with a, a nice little bit of venom as well. So I heard that only the male platypus can sting, and it's on their back leg, right? It certainly is. He's got two, one on each leg, just down near his ankles there, and uh, he'll use that for uh, warding off predators, as well as um, when him and another guy are fighting over a girl, they'll sting each other. What are the effects of platypus venom? So platypus venom is incredibly painful. Um, it causes huge swelling in the air, very, very sore, and unfortunately most of our uh, medicines actually don't work on it. So all your painkillers, like your Panadols and morphine and stuff like that, doesn't work to stop the, uh, the pain. You can be in pain for quite a long time. Is there any actual cure to platypus venom found yet? No, there's been no cure put into platypus venom yet. Uh, unfortunately, you just have to wait it out. Uh, so I met one person who was, who was stung by a platypus, uh, and he said it was the worst pain he's ever been in. What is the benefit of younger people and kids podcasting to other people and kids about effects on climate change and other animal issues? I think um, the young, like kids and younger people doing those podcasts and um, those educational videos is incredibly important. Um, it allows you to connect with a younger audience, so the people who will be doing my job in 10, 15 years, or the people who are going to be on the front line of uh, conservation and uh, climate change issues in, in a short amount of time. Uh, I think it's incredibly important that you're able to inspire and educate a younger audience, uh, and you can probably do it much better than um, someone like me. What's been your favourite uh, topic to talk about on your podcast? I, I've listened to them all, and I, I, I've mm. got a couple that I really liked, but which one, which was your favourite one? Um, I think my favourite one was the book review on Pie in the Sky. Oh, yeah? Which, um, on Instagram, the author actually commented on it. Really? That's incredible. Mum tagged her. <laughs> that's awesome. But no, that's, that's pretty cool to see uh, like someone who you look up to and someone who you've read their books and that comment on your, your, uh, your stuff. That's incredible. Now shall we bring that box over? <laughs> <laughs> so, who? What is in that gri- that that box? Uh, so I've bought one of my favourite little animals with me here, and uh, he is an absolute gorgeous little diamond python. So his name is Hubba, and. Uh, 
He's one of the most special little animals you'll ever meet. So he looks he, very interested with the surroundings. Yeah, he's awesome. And uh, he'll just chill nice out. Do you want to have a bit of a pat of him and a bit of a cuddle? So this is one of the ones that you might even find around this area. And you were saying that you had a little one cruising around a couple of months ago, didn't you? Yeah, we did. His tail's already around the chair. Yeah, he's just holding on. He's not very good at snaking sometimes, but so there's a good chance he might just let go and then fall. How long have you, like, how long have you met him? I've had Hubba for over 12 years. So, he's a little bit stunted. He was actually a rescue animal, so he was, uh, he's been kept kind of a little bit poorly. I'm tangling him, and that way you can have a bit of a hold of his tail end. Come on, Hubsy. What do you feel like, are you? Very strange. So, you know what? He won't hurt you. I promise. The worst thing he'll do is give you a lick. <laughs> so each one of those little scales there is yeah. made out of the same stuff as your fingernails and your mm -hmm. hair. They're made out of keratin. So obviously being a diamond python, he doesn't have any venom, uh, but he does have uh, a bit of teeth and obviously a lot of strength in his body because what he does is he constricts animals. So he gives them a squeeze. How does the diamond python defend itself? So he'll use bluff. So if he's cranky, he'll huff and puff, and uh, he'll do what's called as mock striking, which is where they go through the motion, but they don't actually open the mouth. So all he's trying to do is bluff his way out of the situation. Hmm. Now, I was saying earlier that these can get well over two metres in length and thicker than my arm. So hubby here, he's only a very little one. <laughs> but you can see those gorgeous little rosette patterns all over him. So how old is Hubby altogether? So Hubs, he's about 16 years old or what. Now, uh, unfortunately, as I said, he was, he was being kept pretty poorly by someone else, which is why I rescued him. So he won't ever get any bigger than this. He's a bit, uh, bit of a midget. What do you feed him? So uh, we feed him uh, rodents, so he eats mice and rats. <laughs> oh, shoot. Ah, uh, he's got you. He likes you. Very nice bracelet you've got wear there. <laughs> You're so beautiful, huh? <laughs> so what he's doing, you'll notice that he's flicking his tongue out. That's him tasting the air. So obviously this is a new new area for him. You're new people, so he's having a smell of everyone. Getting to know everyone. And uh, as you can see, he's pretty relaxed. But Hubba knows my smell. Uh, he'd recognise that... I've been with him for 12 years, so he feels very comfortable with me, which is why he's probably keeps on cruising this way. But he's obviously not uncomfortable either because he's pretty relaxed and he's not, not cruising around too much. Who gets to name new animals when um, you're working in a, in a zoo or park? Um, so the keepers get to name the new animals, unless it's something that uh, management like to look of, and then they get to name. But every now and then, we actually let... Uh, some uh, kids in that actually name the animals because uh, there's so many up at the park we don't have enough names for everyone and they'll come up with some absolute cracking names so what would you call this snake Aya if it didn't have a name um scales <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing is when he comes up around your head he'll uh, actually stick his tongue in your ear <laughs> and it's the strangest feeling has that ever happened? Oh, it happens all the time. And he'll come up and he'll like talk to you. It's almost like he's whispering. <laughs> in, in parcel tongue? Yeah, 100% in parcel tongue.
So, Hubba here, he's not a big animal. Uh, but he still been, is a very large animal. He's still pretty long. But uh, snakes have been recorded over 10 metres in length. And what kind of snakes can be 10 metres? So the ones that can get up to 10 metres is your reticulated python. So uh, at that size, they're about 160 kilos. That's way bigger than me. And uh, the largest recorded that I'm aware of is 9.6 metres. Now they think they can get to 10, but we're not really sure. So anacondas are actually the heaviest species of snake on the planet, but they still get very, very long. They're the third longest, but uh, they get to be way heavier than anything else, and they become completely water-bound uh, water at full size. It must take a lot of energy for him to stay up, or...? Oh, he just wants to make sure he's nice and secure. So he'll anchor around the chair there, just so he doesn't feel like he's going to fall. Uh, these, at this size, being primarily um, arboreal, so they, they live in trees. So what he wants to do is make sure he feels nice and secure, and uh, then he'll go from there. You can like see him expanding and getting smaller. Is that him breathing? It certainly is. So he's taking some nice deep breaths in, and uh, obviously he's found somewhere where he's nice and comfy now. So what he's actually doing is he's using you as a little electric blanket. So he wants to be nice and warm. You are nice and warm. So what he's doing is he's laying on your leg and he's laying because on Because they are cold-blooded, right? That's exactly right. And they're trying to warm up. Yeah, so he wants to be the same uh, same temperature as you. So can venomous snakes actually be kept as pets? Yeah, yeah. So with the right licensing, uh, you can keep any Australian reptile nice and gentle with him. He's all right. And uh, so, yeah, you can keep everything from... Uh, a little crown snake, which is only mildly venomous, right up to the most toxic snake on the planet, which is your inland taipan. So how do they manage like the whole body from the head to the very tip of their tail? How do they manage it? So he just he can feel everything. So any little touch on there, he can feel. He knows exactly where that is. A bit like if I touch your leg or if you touch there, you know exactly where that is on your body. And uh, he just cruises from there. Zach, do we think that... Um uh, reptiles like being handled and, and enjoy human companionship? <laughs> so, uh, some reptiles do uh, enjoy human companionship and uh, they, they generally just use us as a nice little uh, electric blanket, so a nice little heating element. Um, it's not really like a, uh, like a dog where they're, they're going to actively try and seek out your attention, uh, apart from a couple of species of monitor or uh, a couple of species of lizard, like a tegu. Um, but snakes and that, they, they become um, quite comfortable around people. And so, like Hubba here, he's happy to kind of get picked up, put around, and he'll just cruise around a lounge or uh, like around your shoulders if, uh, if he's given the opportunity. Oops, just nice and gentle with him. He's all right. He really wants to get to the books. Yeah, yeah, he's seen that nice little dark spot, so he's going to try and go. So obviously, Hubba here is a, is a captive animal or a pet. So uh, he's very, very, very used to people uh, interacting with him and having a bit of a touch and a bit of a hold. Now, if this was a wild animal, it'd be quite different. He'd be very nervous, very defensive, and uh, not something you'd want to do. So if you, if you do ever see snakes in the wild, make sure you just leave them alone. Take a picture of him and walk the other way. You can see some like little openings on his cheek. What are they? So that's his heat pits. So that allows him to see in infrared, so in a completely black area, He'd be able to see you as a nice warm animal or warm mass and uh, it helps him from like uh, getting food. 
Is he smelling? Ah, he's just talking at the moment. That's what I was saying. He'll come up near your ears and you'll like whisper in your ear in parcel tongue. And uh, he has a great time from there. <laughs> Do they crawl up shirt sleeves? Or yeah, that's what he was going, going right yeah. then. No way. Do we think there's there's a lot more to um, study with? There, so yeah, the, the area of uh, reptiles or uh, herpetology, as uh, we like to call it, is always um, growing and changing. Um, we really have only just scratched the surface on reptiles, which is the most exciting thing about being a reptile keeper and a reptile handler, is that you're constantly learning. You've constantly got to update what you know and update the information that you're, you're spreading. So that's, that's one of the best parts of being um, someone who works with reptiles, is that you've constantly got to keep educating yourself. You can never, never just kind of relax and stop. Unless you're retiring. Yeah, but even then, like <laughs> most people do it because they love the animals. So even if they are retiring, um, they don't mind uh, continuing on reading and learning more and more and more. Are there any particularly good resources that are targeted at younger people for um, who have interest in? <laughs> He's really books? trying to get to the books. Yeah, so there's lots and lots of books on, uh, like, kind of like your, uh, like, uh, sorry. There's lots and lots of books for younger audiences, uh, like a My First Snake book or the the General Cares. Um, all of those are, are going to be uh, incredibly useful for, for young people, as well as all your Nat Geo ones and um, stuff like that are going to be incredibly informative. If, if you're interested in lots of reptiles and you want to learn as much as you can, one of the best things you can do is go to uh, your zoos and your, um, your captive animal facilities. Um, they often do informative talks and uh, educational talks, as well as a lot of places have like a Kids to Keeper program, so where young audiences get to go in and work alongside the, uh, the reptile keepers or the, the keepers in general and learn uh, a much more personal um, level about the animals that are in the care there. It doesn't seem like he's blinking. Does he even have eyelids? No, so snakes don't have eyelids at all. Uh, what they've got is they've got almost like a, a set of goggles over their eyes at all times. And uh, you asked about how they shed their skin a, a bit earlier. So the, uh, the set of goggles that I'm talking about will come off as well. They're called spectacles. So his whole skin will come right from his nose all like the way down to the tip of Contact lenses? Almost. Do the snakes ever have trouble with that, that they need help with? So yeah, snakes can have a bit of an issue with uh, shedding their skin. Normally all you have to do is increase the humidity. <laughs> so you give them a bit of a bath or you give them a spray down with some water and they'll just peel it off nice and easy. <coughs> so are there any facilities nearby that... Um, wink, wink. Yeah, so right just up the, the road from you here, you're right, just nice and gentle, nice and slow with him. Uh, just up the road, you've got the uh, the Australian Reptile Park, which is uh, yeah. one of the best places in the country, in my opinion, anyway. And uh, very, very lucky to have that really much, pretty much on your doorstep. I would like to thank crew members Adam, David and Levi for the hard work putting in putting this together. And I've thoroughly enjoyed the opportunity. If our listeners would like to learn more about reptiles, I highly recommend you go and visit the Australian Reptile Park here at the Central Coast, New South Wales. Until next time, bye!